Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. talk about risk management in our personal lives and and what's killing Americans today. But first, Mike, what unhealthy habit are you doing today? What are you drinking? (laughs) I am, uh, well, I was drinking energy drink and vodka, but I kind of switched to just vodka and ice. So uh, that's my unhealthy habit. What about you, Nick? What are you drinking? Oh, you're cutting it with water, so it's not that bad. And, you know, hydration is important. I am drinking uh, Black Rifle coffee and Jim Bean, so... Uh, two things I absolutely love. So risk management is something that we all do every day, and there's inherent risks in something in everything that we do. And you said something in a podcast a while ago that I also do when you talked about if you're going to be in an accident, how you put your hands at the 10 and 2 because you won't hurt your wrist and you have your thumbs on the outside, or you won't hurt as much compared to if you have them at like the gangster style on top or on the bottom when the airbag comes out. Well, I don't want to do that, Nick. I want to put my leisurely hand on top when I'm about to be in an accident. I like the 10 and 2 because I don't want to turn out like you and have T-Rex arms for a while. Yep. And risk management is something that we all do every day. I just wanted to talk about, you know, things that what's killing Americans and the risks that we face in our everyday life, things that we don't really know are dangerous and do all the time. But I thought we'd start through with the leading cause of death. So this is for 2018. The leading cause of death in the United States is heart disease with 655,381 deaths for 2018 that is a lot of people that is a lot of people and a lot of the problem stem from heart disease just like anything else there's variable variable problems genetics plays a really important factor but also exercise which is something that you know we'll kind of see as this list goes on you know obesity plays into that people who are unhealthy are more likely to experience heart disease i'm not gonna lie nick i was just we were just talking about bacon cheeseburgers or at least i was and now we're talking about heart disease i now feel sad well i had a strip of bacon this morning for breakfast so i'm not one to talk but uh i also exercised today so i earned that bacon so the next is cancer with 599,274 deaths. That's a sad, depressing number. <laughs> yep. And, you know, cancer, another variable cause one, genetics, location, and everything kind of what quality of life comes down to can impacting whether or not you get cancer. It's pretty variable. And that's kind of why these are so high that there's a lot of things that lead to one, you know, faction. If you like, if you narrow down to one type of cancer, it wouldn't be as bad. But combine all of them together, and that's where your big numbers coming from. Every little thing adds up together. Number three is accidents and unintentional injuries. So this is everything from car accidents to workplace accidents, and this is something I kind of want to talk about just because I feel like this is where the average American is likely to overlook. You know, it's the third leading cause of death of accidents and unintentional injuries in the U.S. There can be a lot of causes of that. You know, just people not paying attention on the road, texting and driving, people driving drunk, or just, you know, in workplace injuries, just working in a dangerous environment. But I think most Americans don't think twice about getting into a car and what that entails. 
This is the third most common cause of death in the United States. You know, a lot of people don't wear seatbelts, which is fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But you got to you know, know the risks. It's not, you know, nothing in life is guaranteed. We do a lot to prevent a lot of deaths in the United States. And I'm not saying we need to, everyone needs to be, you know, forced at gunpoint to wear a seatbelt and drive 35 miles an hour. This is one of those things where there's an inherent risk in driving fast. You're more likely to die in an accident. But no one's going to drive 25, 30 miles an hour across Montana. That's just not going to happen. And because we're so used to it, we don't really think twice about the risks of it. Something we do so orderly and ordained that it becomes second habit and we forget about the actual dangers that entails it. And like you said, Nick, we could do a lot of little things to uh, to help that. So fourth is chronic lower respiratory disease, 159,486,000 deaths. Again, another... Um, wh- what is that? I not Medical is not my forte i don't know if that is uh this is like it includes you know asthma kind of stuff just respiratory diseases kind of in general yeah um okay yes it's uh it's another good one bronchitis yeah uh does ammonia fall into pulmonary that? disease emphysema like you said bronchitis um you know and most of these are brought on through smoking mm um, so most, uh, 80% of this, so that'd be of the 159,486, 80% of those deaths are due to smoking. Jesus. So do some quick math here. That's 127,588 deaths from smoking. That's a lot of people. Next on the list is Alzheimer's with 122,000 19 deaths for 2018 and this is kind of unknown you know there's people don't really know exactly who gets it and who doesn't it they can't really tell if it's genetics you know it seems like some people can say it's very clearly genetics but they're having trouble tracking it down so there's a lot of different causes of of alzheimer's next on the list dropping it down is diabetes which is 84,946 which if I have to say, I would say it ties into heart disease quite well, because I imagine if you're at risk for one, you'd probably be at risk for the other for certain types of diabetes. Yeah. Um, so diabetes t- ties into heart disease as well as cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease, stroke, and depending on who you ask, Alzheimer's as well. Everything's always connected, Nick, isn't it? Yeah. And this is, this is kind of what I want to talk about. Uh, is you know as americans we are incredibly concerned about every single thing and how it impacts our body we're seeing that in the green movement um for you know food organic non-gmo everything needs to be super healthy yet at the same time we're one of the fattest countries who who sit have a predominantly sedentary life and don't exercise we're doing half of the work here you know we're (laughs) we're we're getting the diet right which is definitely important but if we don't exercise you can eat great food all the time and you know it's not going to work out yeah you got to move it's diet's only a part of the puzzle you need exercise to finish it off underneath diabetes is the flu and pneumonia with 59,120 deaths a year it's amazing we're still dying to something as simple as the flu. Again, that's predominantly, not again, but that's predominantly older people die of the flu, and we all know how that kind of works out now. Um, in 2020, you're well-versed in viruses. Yeah. Diseases going after older people. And then uh, this is a surprising one to me, Mike. Nephritis and nephrotic syndrome and nephrosis, 51,386 deaths. It's essentially like a tissue-killing disease. 
Is it like uh, when you get infected or something like that? And it, it, it like leaks into the, your blood system? So what it is is it's uh, it comes from your kidney. So when your kidney is damaged, that it can't filter out you know, all the stuff that your kidney normally filters out. So waste and water, and it passes that on to your the rest of your body and it just kind of causes you know like a swelling and weight gain it's and uh i don't know it's just it was a surprising one it's not something that i've heard about yeah same it's uh, amazing how something that's killing hundreds of thousands of people i don't think i've ever heard of before yeah and so it is on the list and i was like that's i don't even know what that is you learn something every day nick don't you yep and then finally at forty-eight thousand three hundred forty-four deaths is suicide for some reason that one does not surprise me. Yep, and I think that one has only gone up since 2018, so it might be a little bit higher now. Oh, I imagine it has to be much higher now. So I want to run through that and just kind of get an idea of what is plaguing Americans specifically, just because this is mortality for the United States. You know, it's probably pretty similar in other countries. I didn't really look too much into it, but in, in our world today, everyone is freaking out about everything, you know, like we talked about, whether it be what they're eating, where they're going, what's in them. I mean, look at California. Every single product you buy in California says this may or may not cause cancer. We're vastly concerned about all these things. But to me, after seeing this, the number one thing I saw, and don't get me wrong, I, there's a lot of genetics that go into diabetes and stuff and being overweight, is just physical exercise and, and being healthy can vastly reduce your chances of dying from any of these high-level high level, you know, leading causes of death. The fundamentals, eat healthy, sleep well, and exercise it kind of covers all the bases yeah and can probably you know reduce risk of suicide as well which diabetes also plays a factor and kind of surprised me but kind of didn't i guess it makes sense well to me exercise always been a outlet so i imagine it's an outlet for a lot of people and I don't know about you, Nick. I might hate working out, but after I'm done working out, I feel great, fantastic. My chemicals, my endorphins are increased. So I imagine that's got to help with suicide, or at least, at least it does with me. Exactly. But there's other things I want to talk about, too. So what can people do every day to prevent not just their death, but the deaths of those around them? Well, with heart disease and killing 655,381 stroke killing 147,810 people a day you know some of the, the two big ones that right there is just learn to you know take like a CPR class where you learn how to do CPR but also recognize the signs of stroke that's something that we can do every day or just you know once a month most employers put it on so that's something that a lot of Americans are well versed in seems very only you can prevent wildfires but it is true if you know how to help people in a dire situation you can truly help people. And something as simple of knowing to do the stroke victim or if someone's heavily bleeding or just know how to do something and be useful. I mean, it's useful. It helps everybody. Yeah, so signs of a stroke include sudden numbness, usually in the face, the arm, or the leg, generally only on one side of the body. Sudden confusion, trouble speaking or difficulty understanding speech. They suddenly have trouble seeing in one or both eyes. Suddenly have trouble walking dizziness, loss of balance, lack of coordination, or a severe headache that has no known cause, just kind of came out of nowhere. Again, it's suddenly. And acting, you know, fast is important. Like, your chances of surviving a stroke are much better if you get treatment within the first three hours. So by treatment, getting them to a hospital is essentially what you got to do. Seek medical care. It, it, never be afraid to dial 911 if someone you think might need it. 
Yep. And then with accidents, uh, didn't talk about it too much, but in the CPR class, you learn how to do like the Heimlich and help someone who's choking, which choking falls under the accidents of 167,127 deaths. But there's a lot more things we can do to reduce accidents or just help after they're there. Now, me personally, I have a small med kit in my car that comes with me, goes when I switch cars, comes with me, has, you know, stuff, jumpstart your car, do your tire pressure. It's got like three days worth of food, change of clothes, a few other things that I might need, toiletries, just so I always have everything I need. But it's got a med kit on the side that's easily accessible. And I think most Americans should have that in their car. You know, I'm not saying you carry a tourniquet around you everywhere you go, but, you know, most workplaces have some kind of medical kit, and I think most people should have a med kit in their car, but not only that, know how to use it. You know, know what's inside. I would even say, also, just worry also about yourself. Like we said, with driving, maybe be a little bit slower. Check your blind spots. These little things add up, and maybe it won't negatively affect you if you get in a car accident. You might be able to walk away, but could lead to the death or injury of others but if you take that second to check your blind spot maybe go a little bit slower just do these little things to avoid risk it all adds up yeah and um i want to kind of give a shout out to the stop the bleed program and a lot of the first aid trainings you get cpr kind of stuff focuses on obviously cpr and, and stroke and a little bit on stopping the bleed, but the Stop the Bleed program wants to train you know, all Americans to respond to trauma. Like we said, accidents being the third highest form of death in the United States. What if every American knew at some level how to, you know, package a wound or just, you know, apply, like, stop, you know, the faster the bleed is stopped, the more likely the person is to survive. So even though response times for emergency medical services are going down, if just the first person there can start the treatment process, their chances of survival goes drastically up. And so they're trying to teach people, you know, what size bandage to use, how to, you know, be safe yourself. You don't know the blood of the other person, what it has in it. Also how to use tourniquets, stuff like that, that's going to prolong someone else's life and make those that available to people and, you know, encourage people to carry their own stuff just because you never know what's going to happen it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it exactly well nick if i can ask you a question besides having a first aid kit what else do you normally do to do risk conversion just something simple like check your shoes make sure they are tied before you do a physical activity or since you work in the woods a lot make sure i don't know your chainsaw is away or something so i always have water that's the big one i've ran out of water once and won't make that mistake again i personally working out in the woods and recreating a lot outside i have a, a garmin in reach that i can use to not only get my gps position but also send out an emergency text if i need it or just simply call for help you know even if i'm out of service it goes off through satellites so I spend a lot of time out of service still can text people even just updates like made it to camp um if i'm going somewhere new i like it for doing a hike or something i always have a map kind of have a rough plan of where i'm going where i'm sleeping but in my everyday rig I, my work rig and my personal truck like i said i have my first aid kit that comes back and forth with me and then i have and on my backpack that has clothes and everything food you know i like to have food in my vehicle you know some people say don't keep food in your vehicle it'll attract rats but 
you know, it's, I'd rather, like you said, have it and not need it. And I haven't had any problems with it. It's not open food. It's all packaged. Uh, also some kind of thermal protection, like a blanket or something, some kind of something that, you know, if you get stuck in the snow somewhere, you're not going to freeze to death. I have a toe strap for my pickup that I can pull out myself or, and a handyman jack so I can pull myself out. More likely just pull someone out or someone will help hook up to me. I have uh, jumper cables in case you need to jump, but I also have just like a jump starter just so that if there's no one around, I can still jump my own car. I don't want to be stuck out in the woods, basically, is, is uh, a lot of this. We carry very similar things in the back of our vehicles, but something very simple that I do in my field is I make sure I'm actually wearing my safety glasses. Just something simple, and it always drives me crazy when people aren't wearing their safety glasses. It, it takes five seconds to put them on, and you might be, it might save your vision for your entire life. It's risk versus reward. If I don't put these on, I guess it won't be uncomfortable, but if I put them on, I protect my eyes from any flying projectiles. Seems like a... Very pro thing to put on your safety glasses, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, definitely. And and that's and I, I get it. Like there's that's the thing, right? There's a lot of shit you gotta do just to be safe and, and whatever. Like my wife's making me not making me, it's something I should do. Be better about putting on sunscreen. Like I said, I work outside all the time and so I get, you know, hit with a lot of radiation just because I'm see the sun a lot, which is, you know, exactly where where I wanted to be. But so that's something I gotta get better at. And every little thing does add time to your day. I get it. Like putting on the safety glasses, finding your glasses, putting on your sunscreen, doing all the stuff. It's just, you never know when not having it is that time. And and that's part of the thing for me. Like communication is big. I working out far away from people. I always want to make sure that if something happens, I can communicate whether I have like a company radio or my in reach where I can text people because you just you never know. And if you can't talk to people, you know, odds are you're going to have to crawl out of that hole yourself. But it'd be better if uh, someone's waiting at the top of the hill to take you in. I think you said it with a nuisance. A small nuisance might save your life. think it's worth it. And I imagine a lot of people where these accidents happen wish they did do it. So why not uh, why not learn from their mistakes or learn from the terrible thing that happened to other people? Exactly. I, I think what it comes down to is forward planning. Like we talk about a lot that we tend to, you know, for a country that has anxiety about what's happening next, we tend to live in the moment on a lot of things too. And we don't really think about, okay, well, if I don't bring enough water or I don't bring enough this, what could happen? Or if I get stuck in the snow, what could happen? Yeah, I would definitely say sometimes just pausing and thinking about what you're going to do or something that might happen is important. Just a plan out to think ahead could save your life. Yep. So kind of wrap it up. Exercise is important to stay off that list. It's one of the big parts of it. And then be prepared for everyday things. Just you never know when an accident's going to happen in the workplace, driving to work. I mean, accidents are the third leading cause of death. You never know when you might run into an accident. It's not uncommon for people to, you know, be driving somewhere and witness an accident. Instead of waiting for someone to get there from 911, if you're able to immediately provide aid, that person has a more likely chance to live. I would also say, to add on to that, Nick, is pause. Think ahead. So that way you're not that person who's waiting for 911. You thought about it like, okay, this is where I'm going to drive. This is where I'm going to hike. So I planned it out so I won't be in an emergency situation. Then you don't have to rely on someone to come in to help you. You've helped yourself. Exactly. And 
getting a little bit off topic here, but yeah, you don't want to be those hikers who get lost in whatever wilderness for five days or so because you wandered off a trail without a map or a compass. Those two things can can save your butt. And I think we're going to do a whole podcast sometime on recreating responsibly outside, but just be prepared and think ahead and, you know, think about what you're doing. If you don't spend much time out in the woods and you're just going to go bushwhacking in unfamiliar terrain and then trying to rely on people to find you without any communication or letting people know where you were going, this is exactly what happens. You make the news. <laughs> Hikers eaten by mountain lions. Yep. Bring bear spray or gun if you're going, going into territory with, well, you aren't the apex predator. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.